Alrighty, it's time for a sermon, kind of. Are we ready for a different kind of experience tonight? All right, can I, can I share a funny story with you all before uh, we get into tonight? Uh, are we okay with a funny story? So I told this to the staff last week, and everyone thought it was funny, so I thought I would share it. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it's just a funny story. So uh, a lot of times I order things to my house for the church, you know, whatever it is, microphones, stuff, all the stuff. So I come home one day, and my wife goes, hey, babe, uh, our neighbor caught some high school kids stealing a package off of our porch today. And as they were walking down the street, they opened up the box and looked inside and they saw it was communion cups and communion supplies. (laughs) They threw it in the yard and just ran away. (laughs) Oh man, God is always watching us, amen. I thought that was so good. They will, I guarantee you, they will never steal anything ever again. It's like, you cannot steal my body and my blood. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, as you can see, we are doing something a little bit different today, um, which is going to be fun. Believe it or not. Okay, so how many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you, uh, you just started coming to Riverhouse within the last two or three months? Raise your hand. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. And uh, our senior pastor has been on sabbatical. And uh, so if you're wondering who leads this ship, you know, he's not here right now. Um, And for those of us who are family, uh, you know, this has been a a really powerful um, summer for us. It's been different. And uh, as Jordan uh, was sharing with us before uh, his sabbatical, he said that he felt like this summer was going to be really, really formational and important for our family, for our church. As he, as he steps away and rest, um, it was going to be a really formational season where we learn to discover what it means to be a multi-voice, multi-generational church, right? And so we've been on this journey for the last two and a, two and a half months, and Jordan gets back in two weeks. Can you believe how quick that come back? And we're so excited for him to be back. And uh, we just, so he's going to be back August 22nd. That will be his first Sunday back. And that Sunday, Richard Gordon is going to be speaking on Sunday, which is going to be so awesome. But as we are reflecting uh, as a pastoral staff this week, um, we're like, man, God did a lot in us this summer. Um, He really did. He did a lot in our church. He did a lot in us as a family. And we really just felt like it would be appropriate to have a a corporate conversation as a church um, about what we feel God did in our church this summer. Um, and one of the, and, and essentially how I, I view this is if you read throughout um, the, the, the Old Testament, what we see is, is God reminding his people to practice remembrance, to practice remembering all that God had done. And what we see throughout the Old Testament is when the Israelites are remembering the faithfulness and the goodness and the, the miracular nature of God, things with them are going really good right? And as soon as they forget, as soon as they forget, things start going sideways quick. And that's all the stuff in the Old Testament that we don't like to read. (laughs) 
And so we just felt like tonight, how, how beautiful would it be to just have a conversation where we as a, as a congregation can remember what God did. Amen. And so I'm going to invite our leadership team up, um, and they are essentially our board, but they do so much more than just be a board. Um, They are a leadership team. They take it very seriously, and they pray and discern, and they each have a very unique voice and a unique role. And so we're just going to have a conversation tonight about all that God is doing in our church and is going to continually do in our church. And so, and here's one thing I want to say before I invite them up. Oftentimes what God is doing in us corporately, right, because we're having a corporate conversation tonight, has radical implications and is an invitation for us as individuals. Because what God is doing corporately often reflects the people of God. Right, And so tonight, maybe we're talking about us as a family, but I encourage you as you're listening to the words and the wisdom of our leadership team, I want you to tune your ear and say, God, how does this have an implication on my life? Because you are not supposed to be in this house to just consume, to consume, consume. You are a part of this family, which means you have a corporate role in this family. And so today, as we give language to what we feel God is doing in our house, it is an invitation for you to deeper embody where God is leading us as a church. Amen? Awesome. Well, hey, we got awesome people on our leadership team. So let's stand up and welcome them as they come up to stage. Some of them are nervous. Some of them are not nervous. This is going to be fun. My dream job is to be a late night TV show host. (laughs) So I'm going to like go to my inner Jimmy Fallon tonight. But spirit filled Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, before we get started and and to jump into some questions, uh, why don't you guys introduce each other and kind of talk about the different roles that you play on the leadership team? And if one of you also wants to kind of define what our leadership team is, that would be great as well. I'm going to introduce Megan Bailey. Megan is like Joan of Arc. She brings passion and fire to this team, and uh, we're super grateful to have her on this leadership team. She's been a godsend to this church. She's a leader at so many different levels, and we, uh, we really need her uh, part of this team, and she's powerful. She has a powerful voice. She's an influencer, and she's got a powerful prophetic gift, which as a prophetic community is very important. That, that we make room and honor the prophetic grace that's on this house at every single level, and especially at this level. So that's a little bit about Megan. All right, this is the esteemed Justin Ross. Uh, you've gotten to know him a little bit over the summer, just uh, in his preaching. He has an amazing father's heart. And uh, one of the things I'll say about Justin is he has like a lion's heart. Uh, He has um, the ability to shepherd and have patience and nurture uh, this family into health, uh, into the image of God. 
And so he's been serving on this board or this leadership team for, um, I'm not sure, maybe a year, year and a half or so. And uh, what he's brought, the level of wisdom that he's brought, um, has really helped guide us um, as a church into the season that we're at today. So. And the man who just spoke is the esteemed Johnny Glisson. And um, I've known Johnny probably since Riverhouse started, but not as well since being on the board. Johnny's a very, very quiet man. And um, the thing I love about Johnny, sometimes what I've noticed, and I haven't shared this with you guys, but I just thought of it last night when I was thinking about honoring Johnny. Sometimes during board meetings, we'll go back and forth like us two and Jordan, and we're going back and forth, back and forth, and Johnny will just be like quiet. And then after like 20 minutes of conversation, Johnny will speak up, and it's sometimes I'm looking at him like, you could have said those four words 20 minutes ago, and that would have been all the wisdom we needed on that topic. So I, I say that to say Johnny carries uh, such, such deep wisdom, and he's a strategist. So when, when we're in board meetings, it's like we, I feel like we're always, you know, we don't all always align on everything, and we're pulling each other in different tensions, and here's what I think about this, and here's what Megan thinks about this. And Johnny has this unique way of kind of wrapping it all together wow. and just providing wisdom that's, that's really needed on a board. So... He's got a huge gift of wisdom. And this is the esteemed <laughs> and single. No, I, he hates oh, the teeth. Oh, John Bottles. Oh no. And he is. <laughs> I love to joke around. <laughs> um, he is an amazing leader. Yeah, he is. He has vision, and he's a voice for a large part of this congregation that we va value and esteem highly. And um, I really honor just the vision that John carries and just the honor he carries. And I think the biggest thing that I love about John is he's carries humility, unlike anyone young or old. And I really believe that his, the favor of God is on his life because of the humility that he carries. And so he carries a, a unique perspective on this leadership team as well and is a voice for his generation and a visionary um, that is, it's transcendent of any age. And so I just honor even the humility that he carries and it inspires me as well. So, so yeah, that's John Bottles, the esteemed Come John on. Bottles. Yeah, um, you know, you guys, these, these people are amazing. Like, they are truly, truly amazing. And um, we're gonna use the term board and leadership team all, like throughout this whole thing because we can't seem to land on a single word to actually figure out what to call it. But they are a leadership team. And one of the things, you know, as, as one of the pastors on staff, um, I've worked at a couple churches, been a part of a couple churches, and oftentimes uh, the board or leadership team of churches can just be these people that make all the decisions, but they have no relationship, and it doesn't seem like they, they really carry the heart and the DNA of the church or, or really care. It's just like they're just the ones that approve the budget. That's not what these guys are. Um, that's why part of them are on staff. Some of them are our revival group leaders. Some of them are leading prayer and transition. They, the burdens of this church, they, they wrestle with, they pray into, they fight, and they contend um, um, for the, the provision and, and to really see what God is doing in this church. And that's how our leadership team is different, is they seek the face of God for the direction of where we are going. 
And so they are to be honored and respected, and they oftentimes are really behind the scenes. Um, but I can just tell you, like, they are fighting for each and every one of you. They are crying. During COVID, when, when we had to make some really hard decisions, there were tears. Oh, I get emotional. There were tears and, and prayer and intercession to just ask for the wisdom of God. These people are hungry for the wisdom and revelation of God. And so I'm just so excited for you guys to share. And just, I'm really thankful uh, to have a leadership team that cares about us as a staff and cares about the people of our church. But mostly you fear God and revere him with everything. And so we're blessed by your guys' leadership. We're blessed for your late, late, late night meetings that go into one o'clock in the morning. Uh, they do so much behind the scenes that none of us see you know, um, and so we just honor you and, and thank you guys for all that you do. All righty, here we go. I'm going to grill y'all. Um, so seriously, though, you know, as, as Pastor Jordan was like inspiring and, and encouraging us before this, uh, he went on sabbatical this summer. Uh, one of the things that he believed is that God was going to do a lot in our church this summer, that uh, it was going to be different and it was going to, he was going to move and he's going to shake some things up. And so just as a leadership team, uh, I just felt like it'd be appropriate to ask, like, what do you guys discern that the Lord did in our church this summer? Because uh, oftentimes we can experience things, but it's really helpful when we put language to it. And so just as the covering of our house, uh, what do you guys feel like the Lord did in our church this summer so that we as a people and as a congregation can steward well what God is doing? They know the questions. There's a couple things that I would just call out real quick. The first is I believe the Lord is gathering um, fathers and mothers in this house and raising up fathers and mothers in this house. Um, when I preached back in, I believe it was April or May, the Lord spoke very clearly and began, he said, I'm going to begin to heal hearts through the fathers and mothers and particularly through the father's embrace. And so I, f I feel like there's um, the wind of the spirit is blowing in that direction of um, we need powerful millennials in this house and we need every generation represented in this house. And I really feel like this summer traction and momentum started happening with regards to fathers and mothers in this house. And then secondly, I would say uh, from my perspective, I also see um, what God did this summer was he returned us to our roots, which is we are nothing without the Holy Spirit. We have, we have really no game at all without the Holy Spirit moving and his movement. And so I really saw, we really saw the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit this summer, which we so, I think just with the COVID season that we've been in for the last 16 months, just, you know, kind of the frog in the kettle kind of a thing. And just watching the power of the Holy Spirit show up in our worship sets, in our prayer sets, in our revival groups, uh, in our Sunday services, like the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here. And it's up to us as a people to make a home for him so that he can move. Come on. That's so good. I just, I can even just say one of the things that's been, I think, so powerful 
Um, you know, like mostly the pulpit at, at this church has been my Jordan and myself, um, both millennials. And uh, one of the things that was such a, a joy that I got to see uh, this whole summer was, was Pastor Justin and Robin and uh, even the Lord bringing Pastor Stephen and Pastor Luis, who are both fathers of people um, in our church. And there's something really on that, that, that God is elevating the, the mothers and fathers in our house. And uh, I just think we as millennials, uh, we need mothers and fathers so bad. Um, and I think sometimes we can get so uh, inspire like we're such an entrepreneur type generation that we can just go 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 and not remember that we need to be mothered and we need to be fathered and uh, there are so many mothers and fathers in this church and I just encourage all of you to go submit yourself to one because it's the greatest thing that you could do I think so one of the things that I felt God doing in our midst was kind of piggybacking off the what Justin said at the end was that the Holy Spirit came and inhabited this place. And specifically, I really felt like the Lord was unveiling our eyes to see him as the worthy one. Because we, we sang almost the same song every Sunday, and he would just come and just show himself as the worthy one. And uh, I felt like he was saying, I'm coming as this all-consuming fire. And so let's yield to him because he was really coming as our all in all. And it was like this line of delineation almost happening, like we're in and let's do this. And so he was just, it was almost like he put a demand on himself, like I'm the worthy one, I'm the all-consuming fire and come with me, come up here. And so the times that we yielded to that, I felt like his power and his presence were transformational. And those were epic, epic Sundays. Come on, so good. I agree with all of this, and I, I think the way that I look at this summer as well is it's probably just continuation of what has already been stewarded, but to a greater degree. And when I think about all that God has done this summer, I can't help but think about um, you guys, the congregation, and ways that I see the congregation stepping up in so many different ways. Um, there's so many people that I could probably identify uh, that give selflessly, um, not because they're trying to, um, or they're doing it out of their will, but it's this um, compulsion out of them because they're serving God, that they have served in some magnificent ways. Uh, one of the examples I would say would be like in our, our chair team, our set up and tear down team, uh, we have um, Casey Levins who serves every week wow. and probably dedicates eight hours every Sunday to set the room. And if you ever talk to him, it, it, you, you will be blessed because his life is being transformed by serving behind the scenes and doesn't look for any attention. And he finds so much joy in doing something that's so hidden. And so there's so many stories, everybody in the sound booth, I mean, so many stories I could come up with where there's a continuation where people are just stepping in and, and really helping lift this church in so many different ways. That's, that's so true. Like literally you guys, uh, Rebecca Bennett, can you stand up actually really quick? You guys, can we just honor her? The Lord told me to do this like three weeks ago, and I forgot, and I just remembered. But, um, like, 
as a staff, we were carrying a little bit more than normal this summer with Jordan not being here. And so there's just different things, transition and all of that. And we've needed help. And people like Casey Levins and Rebecca Bennett, I'll tell you what, Rebecca Bennett showed up to church three weeks ago for setup and teardown. She wasn't scheduled. She went on planning center, saw that everyone declined and said, I'm just going to drive there because I know they need help. Like, is that not so beautiful? So just thank you, Rebecca. You're incredible. <laughs> uh, I, I'll just keep going since I have the mic. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing, too, is Jordan's heart, knowing him for so long, is to not be a kind of celebrity pastor, but really desires God to be the face of everything that we do. And so I think this sabbatical was just a beautiful opportunity for when he stepped away, other voices to step up. And I've seen the church continue to step up and to continue to press in. And it doesn't become about one person, but it's about the collective voice that we all share that is really, I think, glorifying God. Yeah, and I'll piggyback right off kind of the end of that, but I think us as a board, we've been trying to define for a long time, and I know as a staff, just common language that we use at Riverhouse that's almost like we use these phrases and words that seem natural to us, but we recognize that for someone who hasn't been at our church that long, it might be like, what in the world does that word mean? And one thing we say often is that we want to be a nameless and faceless movement or a people movement. And I think, especially to a millennial generation, that sounds really, really good because it's, oh, if it's a people movement, like we can all take part. But I think I have asked myself, like, what does that actually mean? Like, there's obviously faces to a leadership team. There's faces to a pastor. There's faces to a staff. What does it mean to be faceless? And I think with Jordan stepping back, what Johnny just said, it, like, I feel like it was God giving us, like, almost this this perspective. It's like, I finally feel like I have somewhat of a grid for like, this is what this can look like. And a story that just came to me in the Bible is when Moses, he's, he's always the one going up on the mountain to seek God. And he spends 40 days on the mountain. Then he comes back down and he just basically tells Israel, here's the revelation from God. And he gets really burnt out doing it. And his father-in-law comes to him and says like, you've got to get more people. So he raises up people from Israel that take the weight off his back. And I know, uh, you know, one of Jordan's burdens, I know he doesn't want to be the, the one to go up on the mountain by himself and get, get bread for us and say, here's your bread and then go do it again. He wants to, he like, he wants to, he's, he, he preaches from a revelatory place, but his desire would be that we all grow up and mature. And I feel like this summer, God gave us like, uh, he gave us an opportunity to mature. And I think I had a question, man, like Jordan's such an anointed preacher. When he leaves, what might happen? I think that was, that was a question we talked about. What's, are people, are people going to keep coming? And during worship, I just kept turning around, looking around, and I was like, our church loves God. Like our church, our church really loves God. And I think, uh, yeah, I think we now have perspective for what does this movement actually look like? Because it's, it's different than a lot of churches and it's different than the grace on a lot of churches. And I think we, uh, we had so many different people in the pulpit and so many different people doing things. And uh, we all, I felt like we did such a good job honoring the different voices. So that's what I kind of feel like God did. That's really good. I also just want to say, I really, my own confidence grew this summer that Jesus is actually leading this church. And just watching week to week and watching what was unfolding in revival groups, what we were seeing in people, what we were hearing from men's gatherings that were starting, just, 
just it just seemed like the 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 wind was steering the ship more than ever and just a, an example of this that really kind of emphasizes the point was uh, about three weeks ago I was scheduled to preach I was on the schedule and I came to the pastoral team and said I'm not supposed to preach Sunday and they're like well you're on the schedule and I'm like I know but we gotta I, it doesn't feel like the Lord's ready to release this word and and then we found out about Pastor Stephen being in town and we were like let's call him up maybe he's carrying the word for us this Sunday and then some if you were there he definitely was carrying the word for Sunday <laughs> And we had people getting filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time that night. We had several revival groups and leaders gatherings where the Holy Spirit was just really ministering to the hearts of his kids. And so just so much confidence in me of like, we say Jesus is the leader of this church, but I got to see it in a whole new level being lived out this summer. So good. Um, We, you know, you both, a few of you mentioned that we encountered like more of his presence this summer and that he came and he, he showed up in our services in, in different ways. And I always find it so interesting as a pastor on how to navigate a room, uh, like how to get out of the way and also help people who are like, what the heck is going on? Like, try and help them and bring them into what's going on. And I think sometimes we, as pastors and as leaders, when the Holy Spirit shows up, we get we just get out of the way and uh, sometimes don't realize there's a lot of people on the fringe um, who are like, this is making me feel really uncomfortable and I, I don't know uh, what to do right now or how to engage. And I believe we're going to continually experience the Holy Spirit in greater measures as a church. That's something we desire. That's something we long for. And, and we long to like do this even better and steward this, be a, a stewarding place for the presence of God to come and dwell. That is our heart. We want to be a people of his presence, a people of his temple. Um, but what would you say, you know, because sometimes I feel like in more charismatic circles, all the charismatic people can get all excited and hang out. But but there are people who are genuinely, they're not afraid. They're just like, I don't know what this is. And so just from your guys' perspective, um, what is some some wisdom or guidance um, for somebody who maybe that was new for them this summer, uh, whether it's me laying on the ground singing for a whole sermon or, you know, Pastor Stephen, like, you know, the Holy Spirit can show up in weird ways. Am I right? Like, can make us feel uncomfortable. And so what, what do you, would you encourage people um, to do uh, in moments like that? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is choose not to be offended. And because offense just closes us off to what's happening and to the resources of heaven, even in our lives. And so make the choice to not be offended and stay open. And um, also, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, but stay in it in your heart. Stay in it in your spirit. Stay open to God and ask a lot of questions. I think healthy families ask questions. It's part of what we're supposed to cultivate with our kids is, hey, if you've got questions, ask them. This is a safe place. And so we're a giant family, you know, and so ask questions. Ask revival group leaders, ask pastors. If there's questions that you have, why did that just happen? <laughs> or what just happened? You know, stay open and ask questions. That's so good. 
Yeah, and I think, like, we as humans, we find what we look for. And so if I think if we come into a room looking for where am I going to be offended, we'll be offended. And if we seek and look for truth, we'll find truth. That's and I think word. it has to be done in conversation. So that's what I would, one of my biggest, what grieves me a lot is if someone comes here for the first time and experiences something different, and then they shut off and never come back and never talk to me about it. I'm always like, man, like, let's have conversations because I've called people sitting on the stage with me after services and said, hey, like, can we process this? Can we talk about this? And one thing, one thing I'll share is whenever something, not, I shouldn't say whenever, but a lot of times something really vulnerable happens on stage. For instance, AJ, when he didn't preach, he was just on his knees and it was a little awkward in the room. He called me afterward and was like, like, what did I do? What happened? Like, this is vulnerable. And there's been messages where Jordan's preached and it's like, oh, like, or a guest speaker comes in and it's like, did we just, did we just botch it? Like, did we just mess up? But I would say we're committed as a church to not like shutting down the Holy Spirit or quenching him. And I would say that comes, that has to come with increased conversation because there will be things that make us feel awkward, but we're so, so committed to not, to not quenching the Holy Spirit in this church that I would say it, it, it puts a greater need on us. It it's a, puts a greater demand on us to have conversation. And it's, I've been extremely like, I've been in an interesting spot myself in my journey with the Holy Spirit, just to be honest. And I, I haven't been, I've been following the Lord for like five years. So some things, when Stephen came, I had probably four conversations where I was like, my word, like I'm kind of struggling. And so I can tell you like as a, as a person on the, on the leadership team, like it's okay to struggle, but have conversations because it's, it's really healing, super, super healing. And it, it, it brings truth. So just talk, talk about it. Before service, I saw this painting out in the hallway and it said unity and diversity. And I think that really encapsulates what the heart of River House is, is that we can be unified and celebrate that what's, what the Holy Spirit is doing. And there can also be diversity, that there can be different expressions. And some people might have more outward expressions. Some, some people are, are peacefully experiencing God. And so the diversity is really important. It's not conformity. And so I think that's just, that's what we're really trying to foster here. And I think for the people that tend to be on the fringes, I think that's the battle is, are, am I being asked to conform and in no way are we desiring conformity? Yeah, that's really good. I like that. See, Johnny's great. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say, but. <laughs> My favorite meeting every week is at Wednesday at one o'clock. It's because I just get to be with Johnny and he says things like that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, you guys, like, we as a, a church and stuff, like they all said, we are committed, um, like I said, to, like, desire more of God at all costs. We, we want more of him. Like, we, we have so many preconditioned boxes that we've put God in. Even us 
more charismatic people still have boxes that we put God in, and we will ruthlessly oppose putting God in a box, um, but we need to be in conversation uh, with one another. And so please, like, we're not just a staff that says reach out or revival groups reach out and then won't get back. Like, reach out if you're struggling. We, we all struggle. We all talk. That's why there's tensions on staff. There's tensions on board because we're trying to figure out how do we be faithful to God in the midst of all this? And part of that comes through relationships and really talking and discerning what God is doing. So, yeah. One thing I'll add to the conversation thing real quick is have conversations with people that have a different perspective than you. Don't, it's so easy to say like, I'm going to call my friend that's way more conservative because he'll justify me feeling uncomfortable. I would say call the person that you know that kind of triggers you because they're more charismatic and say, why do, you, why do you do that? What was that experience like for you? So I've caught myself before at the end of a conversation like, man, I'm trying to justify. Like I'm, yeah. you know, so, so look for like, let yourself be in the tension. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. So we, we've talked about what, what God has done in our church, and then uh, how do you think we as a church have grown this summer? Um, because he comes, and then we respond to him. And so how have you seen us, I guess the question is, respond to God's presence this summer? Like, we're so thankful and grateful that God came, and he did so much in us. But how do you feel, as a leadership team, we grew and matured as a, as a bride? I've spent a lot of time just reflecting on this, um, but I really feel like we've been do we've done this as a family at Riverhouse. But God has like helped us cultivate a greater resting place for Him on Sundays, and so we're learning how to yield to Him, how to fellowship with Him when He comes. When my favorite moment actually this summer was when AJ tried to get up and preach and couldn't because the Holy Spirit was had another agenda. And even just learning how to lay down like all the preparation that he had in preparing a sermon to make room for what God wanted to do because it was a little bit different. That is how I feel like we're growing and learning how to really commune with him in that moment and follow where he wants to go. And to Justin's point about Jesus leading this church, it is about coming for him. And I feel like our focus has been so um, narrowed and it's, we come and we're actually, we're wanting to, to love him well and, and be about his agenda and his desires and his wants. And I, he's just really purifying that in our midst and he's elevating us. And I've really appreciated even what it's done in my own heart and how I prepare even to come to church. And I love thinking about having like God just being able to recline and rest here and dwell among us and call us his people and we're his, you know, we're his and he's ours, just like we were singing tonight. And I feel like that is one way we've grown tremendously as a church that we're coming for him and, yeah. and bringing what we have to him and really learning how to behold him and stay there. And sometimes I have found in my own life that, you know, when we worship, I can get the itch. Okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And he has really helped us just be satisfied and fulfilled in him. And um, we're learning to just stay in that place of richness because 
he is the reward. And I feel like that is, I I honestly could probably go on and on about this part because I really have seen so much this summer and us responding to him coming in such a beautiful way. It's been a treasure. Wow. I would add that our worship ministry has grown. Our corporate worship experiences have grown this summer. I mean, there's a there's movement and power there that wasn't there early summer. And a lot of what you're describing, Megan, I think is a reflection of that, of God's growing something in the people. But what we're also seeing is added grace on stage to lead us as a people into the presence of God. And, um, you know, we get occasionally we get comments about, you know, why do we worship for so long, you know, and it's okay. It's a great comment. Um, but it, it, there's so much that happens in an encounter in his presence. There's so much. And so we, we, we philosophically, we want to make room for that to happen and not be in a rush because a moment with the Lord in an encounter, the hem of his garment can change a lifetime of pain in our lives or heal us or, or take us to a different level in our relationship with God. And so we very, very much philosophically value the encounter that happens between God and his people when we gather in his presence. And so I think our worship ministry is just taken off this summer, taken off. Yeah, this summer, um, the Lord, I lead prayer sets, so I'm extremely biased in this area because I absolutely (laughs) love prayer sets, but uh, he grew us in prayer, and I truly believe he did that, and I want to take this time, I think a lot of the college kids are sitting in this area, but I don't, you're probably all over the place, but the Lord, um, he's growing our college ministry, and it blesses my heart because there was one, uh, there, it was a Tuesday, I think when we were still doing it at Tuesday at 6 a.m., I opened my eyes, and when I looked up, it was literally mostly college kids, like 15 college kids, and I know most of them go to NNU. And in that moment, it like my heart it started burning, and I was like, oh. I was like, like almost here we go, like here we go, because when people get hungry and they sacrifice, like God grows us. And so I just want to even just honor our college kids because God's, uh, God's doing something, something really, really powerful. And then also... Um, I got so blessed in worship a couple weeks ago when our youths got back from camp, and I had the same exact feeling in my heart. I was sitting right up here, and I just looked over, and I was like, oh, I was like, this is it. And uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says God uses the things that are weak to lead the strong. And it's like, it's ha- I think it's happening among us. He's using like the low places and the lowly things. And I would encourage you guys, the youths in here, like you don't know how much of an impact you have because he truly le- uses you to lead. Like he, just your presence and you coming and showing up, like he uses it to lead. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's, that's definitely uh, one way that he's grown us this summer. That was more of an encouragement, but yeah. That's so good. I, I was just going to, say a lot of what John said, just about the young adults and the youth. Um, I got you this time. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what, would, what was happening in, uh, in camp and what like the Holy Spirit was doing through them, I think, was also part of propelling this church forward. I mean, which is amazing, right? It's like always, you know, the adults are getting the attention and here the youth are accelerating. 
And uh, I think that's just an encouragement for the whole body. And practically, because of what my role is at the church, what's beautiful in its attention is we're starting to have capacity issues because, and, and this isn't about numbers, we're never about numbers, but I think it's, I think we can talk a little bit about numbers because I think there's some evidence of what's taking root in our youth and our young adults where we're starting to have problems like, what are we gonna do? We're outgrowing where we're currently at, which is so beautiful. It's just evidence of what God is doing. And uh, I'm so excited about that. It's so cool. Just as you, oh man, I'm emotional. As you guys were, were talking about how we've grown as like a corporate church, I'm just sitting here uh, in, in awe, just thinking the only reason all of this is, is happening is because a bunch of individuals have cho- chosen to respond to God. And, like, we as a church, like, I just feel led to, like, exhort you, like, the, the breakthrough and the amazing things that took place, the increased presence, like, all of those things that we were experiencing as a church is because every single person sitting in a chair has said yes, has said yes to, like, stewarding what God is doing here. And I feel like, at least from my perspective, um, I, do, I feel like we have, we've talked and preached against consumer Christianity, right? Like, that's like a hallmark message at River House is, is just coming against and being like, we are not going to just be consumers, that we're going to people that press in. And, and we pressed in and we preached hard messages throughout COVID. And there was so much pain and difficulty and suffering and stuff going on. But I could just want to look at you as a pastor on the staff and say that you guys responded by saying yes to Jesus and the breakthrough through and the encounters and the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling here is a response to a people who have been faithful. You know, we see God throughout the scriptures. He comes and he rests upon a faithful people. And so when we see God come and descend in our church services or descend upon our youth ministry or descend at prayer sets, it's not because of the people on stage. It's because you as a church, we as a church have collectively said yes to God and yes to going low and yes to being nameless and faceless, yes to coming at 6 a.m prayer yes for tuning in to really terrible live stream prayer sets throughout COVID that were so brutal but there were still three or four or five people tuning in during those times and I just believe your yes your yes has been God has answered by pouring his presence out onto our community where we are dwelling in his presence and how many of you feel the COVID fog has lifted like we don't have that fog anymore when we come to church we are experiencing his presence. We're not coming in heavy. You know, a few weeks ago, our worship team, we were, they were struggling and, and we were trying to figure out what was going on in the room. And I watched what happened. You got the, the, the congregation started worshiping even harder and pressing in even deeper. And like, that's what we need. Like, this isn't just a church where the things on stage are what's powerful. It's like, I literally felt what was taking place in the room was inspiring the worship team to respond greater to God. And I can just tell you as a pastor and as a leader of a church, that is the dream. Like when the, when you come and a people come into church hungry for God, like that's the best. And that's what I feel like we experienced this summer.
this just, I just was just reminded this as AJ was uh, talking, and I kind of just want to release it as like a, like a prophetic encouragement to us. The other morning I was praying, and uh, I asked the Lord the question, and it had nothing to do with River House, had nothing to do with really anything, but I just asked the Lord the question. I said, where can I find you? And I closed my, and I had my eyes closed, and the second I asked that question, like just in my spirit with my eyes closed, I saw a picture of our sanctuary, and it was during worship, and it was Jesus walking through the back rows of our church. And I felt like, like he was like, you can find me in the back. You can find me in the back. And as I was processing that today, I felt like the Lord was saying, like, like as it relates to the question, like, where are we growing, was like, I'm growing you from the back. Like, I'm growing you from behind. And that sounds ethereal, but what I mean by that is I think we've so wanted to, like, destroy the, like, like just one leader that's, you know, that's the dominant leader. We've wanted to raise up multiple voices. And I can tell you like what you said about Casey Levins and Rebecca and these people that serve, it's like, it's like him. He's growing us from those places. He's growing us from those, those little areas. It'll be interesting during prayer sets sometimes because there'll be someone, I'll be leading a prayer set and there'll be someone just out and out in the crowd that will say a phrase and I'll be like, it's like anointed and it'll like catch, it'll like basically my spirit will attach to it and I'll just begin like praying it out and the whole room will like come awake. And I'm like, if only that person knew that like I stole their prayer, you know? <laughs> and so that, that's, that's what's happening among yeah. us, I feel, is it's like people, like you guys, you guys carry more than you think. I, I think from like a leadership team to you guys is like, you guys carry so much. Like I'm so blessed this summer because you guys carry so much. Yeah. So good. Yeah, come on. So I was just thinking about hunger and how we've grown in hunger, and hunger is like the hallmark of life. And I heard it said, it was a Misty Edwards song, and she said, hunger is the escort into the deeper things of God. And I feel like corporately, our hunger has been just deepened, and it's, it's widened, and there's so much. And I mean, even the Lord said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, yeah, come on. for they shall be filled. And so there's just so much to that. I, I heard a testimony of Catherine Coleman. She's a healing, she was a healing evangelist, and she said, Lord, she was praying. She said, Lord, I'm not the most anointed. I'm not the most articulate. I'm not a preacher. And he said, she said, you say that you'll use nothing but an open and yielded heart and a hungry heart. And I will show up as the hungriest person in this room tonight. I will show up as the hungriest person in my secret place with you. And I feel like that is where we've grown as well. And hunger begets more hunger. It's the thing that keeps multiplying. Wow. And it's, a, it's the gift that God keeps giving to a hungry heart. So and so I love, th I love seeing the, like what these guys are saying, the testimonies of the hunger. And God will not deny a hungry person yeah. ever. And Come so on. that's an area that has definitely, we've all grown, yeah. including myself. Totally. I, I think our, our hunger has increased for sure. Just so beautiful. Um, two more questions for us. Um, we've gotten feedback over the years that uh, sometimes River House can feel like it's a, it's a hard place to connect with people. Uh, it can feel clicky. Um, even sometimes the words have, are used exclusive. And uh, that grieves our hearts. Of course. And so um, why do you think that is? And as a leadership team, why do you think that is? What are we doing about it? And what can someone experiencing this do to, to press in? Real easy light question. I think there's a number of factors that, that play into this. Having said that, these are not excuses. 
So we, we recognize there, there's something here, and we got to look at it. And I'm, the pastor in me wants everyone to belong. And the counselor in me says some people have never belonged. And so we got to help people with the individual responsibility to learn how to grow a sense of belonging. And also, we have to grow a community in our culture so that we're always pulling people in. Both are true. So there's the internal barriers and there's, there's the external cultural barriers that we have to grow. We have to flex these muscles. And, um, but I think aside from that, again, these are not excuses. These are just factors is I think we, as a culture, we really value, we really value what's happening in the heavenly realms. And so there's, there's, there's more looking up, I think in our culture, what's God doing, what's he saying. That's the prophetic and the apostolic grace in this house. And by default, that means there's probably a little less emphasis of looking out of seeing people. And uh, Jesus did both, by the way. He was really good at looking up and at looking out and seeing people and pulling people into community. So I think that's the tension that we feel is, is the looking up, but also the looking out and seeing people. And we're going to solve it. We're, we're going to keep going after this. We're going to keep asking the right questions. And we're going to let the wineskin mature because I don't think it's matured yet to where we got people in our church that don't feel like they belong. And in talking with some of them, um, there's probably internal and external factors going on, but we got to help grow a mature family. Yeah, one thing I'll add on to what Justin said that I've recognized about our churches, uh, and Megan's helped me recognize this, um, is our Sundays are primarily vertically focused. So when we come Sundays, we even like as a leadership team or people who've probably been here for longer, like we're like, we're coming to the house of God to behold God. So there's even a, like Megan said about preparing on the way here, like I'll prepare my heart, like, Lord, I'm coming for you. Like I'm coming for you. Like I'm here for you. And I would say, I think some of the tension and some of you have probably tried engaging in midweek ministry. So I'm not making excuse here, but I would say Riverhouse could be a hard church to be a member of if you're not engaged in midweek ministry because i think we're we're so vertically focused on sundays that the horizontal ministry i lead a revival group and when people come into my home i've tried to make it a space where okay like yeah i want to focus on jesus but it's also where we where we break bread so in a in acts 2 when the church is flourishing it says day by day they were attending the temple and they were breaking bread in each other's homes and I would say we, we need to honestly assess our lives. If we're not attending the temple, coming to church, we're missing out on the vertical corporate gathering. But if we're not breaking bread in each other's homes, we're severely lacking the intimacy and connection with people. So that would, uh, that would be my encouragement is, is as somebody at Riverhouse who's been here for five years, like it has to be both. Like it, we, and that's why we've wanted to grow revival groups. And some could probably say there's not enough revival groups. We know, and we're working on it. Like the church grew so fast that it's been like, 
man, how do we get more revival groups? So I'd say that's kind of the midweek space that we're like working and praying to grow. But um, yeah, I would say Riverhouse is definitely, it's both because we're very vertically focused and, but the horizontal is necessary. So that's where I get fed horizontally. I don't, honestly, I don't come Sunday. Like I work tomorrow morning. So usually after church, I'm like, I don't have two hours to talk, but revival group is where I'm like, oh, like this is my horizontal. This is my place. So yeah, that's just, so good. Do I'll just really quickly, it's like a motherly advice, is get, I always say, like, we're, we're decentralizing church. So when we have an issue or a problem or a concern, we definitely want to ask questions and address it, but we're not going to leave it up to one or two leaders to solve all of our problems. So what I would encourage everyone to do is just create the connection, create culture. Create the culture you want to see. Ask people out to dinner. Go get into a revival group. Be friendly. Initiate. Um, learn relational dynamics and take ownership and initiative to create those relationship dynamics that you really long to see. And then it just, it takes time. Yeah. So it, effort and time, but it doesn't just fall into our laps to connect. Yeah. And so that's my mother's heart over all of us. Yeah. That's so good. That was preaching. Um, yeah, and, and I would say, like, just it, that, when we get that feedback, it, it hurts our hearts, um, and we can all do something about it, myself included, all of us included. Uh, we as a, as a church and as leadership aren't going to spoon feed anybody anything, um, but we will create atmospheres where the presence of God is. And to give you full permission to create community and try our best to create spaces where, where that can happen. So, love that. All right, Jordan is coming back in two weeks. And uh, I think one of the, the things that we've been talking about and, and wrestling with is what does it look like to continually steward what God uh, did in our church this summer, how we grew as a church this summer? What does it look like to continually steward um, what God's doing with Jordan coming back? And how as we a church can we respond to keep stewarding what God's doing? I think my prayer has been that Jordan would come back to a little bit of a different church. And different leaders around him. What does that mean? Meaning that exactly what he asked us to do, to step up while he was away. He, he charged all of us to step up and step in. And that's my prayer is that he comes back to a stepped up, stepped in people. Yeah, that's my prayer. And I think that would be the delight of his heart. Yeah. Is to see it not so dependent on him. And that Jesus really is raising a company of people yeah. that want to carry the fire in their lane. Yeah. And that's all of us. So good. We each have a lane. And so that's, that's been my prayer. I think he will be delighted to come back and see our corporate gatherings, see our youth running out of facility space, see all the things we just talked about. You know, I think he will be delighted to come back. So good. So I heard a revivalist say once that a public touch has to lead to a private kiss. And so my heart and my, the burden that I carry and I know Jordan carries is that all the encounters that we have on Sundays would lead to something in our secret place with the Lord. Come on. And my, I just keep seeing this picture over and over. And if we can steward this public touch privately with the Lord himself 
and allow the oil in our own lamps to be so filled, our hearts to be so burning for him. And we're all like mini volcanoes, allowing like the lava coming up, which is the love of God. If we could come to church no matter what season we're in, whether we're in a low or a high, whether our day was good or bad, because he's worthy, I'm going to come with my volcano. And we all corporately erupt. I feel like God is going to catapult us to places that we've never dreamed. Like the eye, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has Come on. That whole scripture of like, we don't even understand where he wants us to go. But I just... The, the, the becoming a first love church, the becoming a on fire for God when no one's looking in my secret place day to day, making the ordinary extraordinary in him. Um, that's, that's where I feel like we can steward and we can all link arms and do our part in that way and come corporately and just see where God takes us. That's the burning, burning desire of my heart. I wasn't really ready to take the mic, but here we are. Um, I would say how to continue to steward what the Lord did. Um, I think I think time in the secret place is going to continue to break consumerism among us. Um, I think I would love nothing more than for Jordan to preach like an amazing word and us all to be like, yeah, like we're on the like we're going there, like we're with you in it. And I think that happens when we all uh, when we all take ownership. You know, when we don't come to church. I used to do it. I did it for years. I would come. There was an anointed leader that I would go to his. Uh, I would go to his church, and it was like I was just I. I was a wreck every Sunday because it was like I, his words were feet like his words were so feeding me, but like my weeks looked nothing like actually stewarding the words that he spoke. And so I would just encourage us to like continue to to make yourself a temple of God. I think there's a deeper, I think there's a deeper revelation for us to break consumerism is that like we're all individual temples. Like when Jesus died, the temple, like the temple broke, like the physical structure broke. And now every single one of us are, are housing the living God. So yeah, I would say get alone with God, continue to steward God personally, what he's put on your heart and it will, it, it will, benefit the corporate gathering. I would say that the manifestation of that is going to be what happens then in the marketplace. So we have a lot of focus on what's happening within the church and what we're stewarding within ourselves. But I think it's going to be the empowerment and you guys actively living that out in the community outside the church, the people that you interact with day to day and how they're going to start experiencing the love of Jesus through your words. So I think that's where we're headed. I think that's going to be the manifestation of this going forward. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just encourage you guys there, as someone in the marketplace, I've struggled now for five years going to River House because we're such an entrepreneurial church of what does God look like in the marketplace? Because I think for a long time I thought, oh, if I just preach the gospel in every meeting and give someone a prophetic word, that's the kingdom of God in the marketplace when I was like, no, that's a good way to like be really weird and lose your job really quick and like never get any work done. And I think I've struggled with the tension, not that don't hear what I'm not saying. There's def- there's times and places for all that. But I think, I think we're coming to a season where God's going to reveal deeper what it looks like outside the four walls. 
and I've become really comfortable in my struggle because I think God wants to build something within the four walls here, and he wants to build a people that are so dedicated to him, and I think the days are coming. So what I would say is don't grow weary in wondering what God looks like out there and say, man, we're so church-focused. We're so, it's revival group, and it's Sunday, and it's serving, and it's all these church things. I would say don't forsake those because I think God's building those so then we're a people that have like caught fire and someday like the testimonies are playing like every single week it's three testimonies of God did this in the marketplace God did this in the hospital God did this so like I would just encourage you those days are coming God's doing something really beautiful among us but someday we're going to be like my gosh like how fast can we get out there so I tend to be the practical person. So I, 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 I like to take that, that concept, that, that inspiration and that vision, and then I want to understand how does that actually work. And I was actually reflecting this morning, um, just being in the marketplace, um, where I would just spend five minutes before going into the office, where I would pray for the building, pray for the people I was meeting with, um, praying that God would reveal himself through me and the miracles and transformation that would start to take place through those cultivated relationships just by five minutes of prayer before walking into a building and just i mean it's 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 living with expectation that god's going to move and use me and use you i love that i uh i can't help but think that as more and more people have been coming to our our prayer sets uh we're experiencing more of the presence of God on Sundays. Um, he loves a people, period, and he loves to answer prayers. And uh, I just feel like I've seen this huge correlation since 90 days of prayer and the continued momentum of being a people who choose to seek his face and pray, people in the marketplace coming and gathering to spend 6 a.m. on Wednesday mornings or 7 p.m. on Monday nights to pray. As that has gone and grown consistent, we've experienced more grace. And, uh, and God answers prayers, and so I truly believe. And I encourage you, if you, haven't, if you haven't been to our prayer sets, come. You will encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and your heart will be set on fire. And then you will leave that place stewarding the fire at home in your own heart. And it's just going to be this big bonfire. That's what's happening on Sundays. As we're coming here on Sundays, it's all of our little fires coming together as one big thing. And we are people who are burning for him. And so what's been happening this summer and how we continually steward it is by keep stewarding the flame of our own hearts. So that when we gather, we become a massive bonfire for the presence of God to come and crash in on. Amen. Come on. All right. Let's pray and bless our church. So will you just stand? We're going to just, yeah, let's just pray. I don't know what it looks like, but let's just pray for a couple minutes and just release whatever you guys feel the Lord has put on your heart for our church. But uh, God, I just, I thank you, Lord, for what you did in our church this summer. 
we remember how you came and you met us. We remember, God, how you downloaded, how you came and you got our attention this summer by shaking us up and pointing our heads straight upward, looking to your eyes of love. So I thank you, God, for everything that you did in us. I thank you that you manifested your presence. I thank you that you came in your presence and you sparked fire in our hearts. I thank you, God, that you are maturing us as a bride, that you are rooting all consumerism out of us us as we are coming and engaging with you. And so I just, I just pray, Lord, that you would just bless our church. May your blessing come upon our church, each and every member of this church. I just pray for radical blessing to just pour out on their families, God. I just even pray right now for healing grace to be downloaded in our church, God, and in our families, that the homes would be a place where fire starts and healing happens so that when we come and we gather on Sundays. It's just the oil of heaven being poured out in this place as we encounter you and just offer ourselves as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice to you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, God, and we just declare a new season of belonging for us as a people. God, that every man, woman, and child, God, would belong, would find their tribe, would find their people. God, we just proclaim into the atmosphere in this room, and we just say, come and find your home. Come and find home with Jesus. Come and find home with the Father. Come and find home with your brothers and sisters. We just proclaim a new season of belonging to set forth from this day forward, God, that we would be a people who are known and connected, God, as we move into uh, the next season of our lives, God. We thank you. You created us to belong in family, God. Yes, Lord. And we thank you for the mothers and fathers that are being raised up in this house, God. God, and we just ask by your spirit, by the spirit of God, let every person link arms with the generations uh, next to them, God. The older with the middle age, the middle age with the uh, younger, God. We just pray no generation would be in isolation in this church, God. We just pray you would foster and cultivate deep and profound relationships amongst the generations, God. We ask you to do a work by your spirit, God. By your spirit, God. We thank you, God. Yeah, God, I just bless the secret place of every single person in this room, God. I ask that you would come and just light the fire in every one of our hearts, that we would burn for you all the days of our lives, God. I pray that you would just reveal the deep need that we have for all of you, that would provoke hunger, that would escort us into the deeper things of you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, but we ask for more, God. Yes, we ask that God. you would plumb the depths yes, in our hearts, God. Lord. We would ask you, for more, Would you just Jesus. add to our, our, our time with you, Lord, our love unto you, Lord? Would you... Expand our hearts and our capacities to love you more and receive your love, Lord. We, we, we say thank you, but we're not satisfied, Lord, and we're hungry for more of you, Lord. Yes, and so we Lord. just ask that you would just have your way in this place, that you would, you would teach us how to yield and fellowship and abide in you deeper and longer, God, and just be, be pleased with all of our adoration and our, our worship unto you, God. And so we just, I just bless the secret place, Lord, with potency, with intimacy, yes, Lord, with deep union, God. God, with deep connection, with with just 
blessing in the ordinary, Lord. We just ask that you would help us live our day-to-day lives, the Monday to Saturday, Lord, just in sync with you doing and saying what you're, do- what you're doing and saying, Lord, that when we come together corporately, we would have this, this corporate eruption, Lord, yes, that would God. be a fragrance to your, to your nostrils, Lord, and, a, and a, a delight to your eyes, God. And so we just ask you to make us a first love people. Make us a first love secret place person, God. We just ask that you would plumb the depths by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us just commune deeply with you and be satisfied with you, Lord. We just ask that you give us eyes for you and you alone, Lord. And you, we, just, we just declare that you fulfill our desires. You are the fulfillment. You are the promise. Lord, we just ask you that you would make us a people that would just be a Jesus people. You are the face. You are the name in which we live our lives for, Lord. Yeah, Lord, I just pray for the hearts that feel disconnected. The hearts that have hardened, had shut off, had been wounded. Lord, that I just pray for healing in those situations. And I just pray that you would start to reveal yourself in new ways. That your, your, your peace would start to come into their lives. That they would start to allow your love to start penetrating. They would start opening up those boxes that they've shut that have kept them so distant from you and from others. And I just pray healing, Lord, that, that a connection would start to take place, your love would start to manifest, and, and, and that they would start to hear you and experience you in new ways. Um, for, for those people who have been on the fringes who thought that it was happening for everybody else except for me, I pray, Lord, that you would start to encounter them in new ways and show them your love through your word, through your testimonies, through other people. Yeah, God, and for those of us who've, uh, who may have felt like church is something so ethereal and that you're somewhere so far up in the clouds, God, I ask that you would just come so close to our hearts. God, and I ask that you would just uh, make yourself known in our day-to-days. God, we long to be Christians that walk with you day by day. God, that truly are discipled by you, that live by every word that comes from your lips, God. So I just, God, I ask that you just continue to make yourself more real, God, in in us personally, God, in our hearts, God, and give us faith to see you for who you are. God, and I also, uh, yeah, I just want to lift up the young families within our church that have young kids. And God, I just ask that you protect them during this season of busyness, God, and of growth, Lord. And I thank you that through them, God, you're you're providing us such a practical example of what healthy family looks like, Lord. So I I just lift all the young families up before you, God, and I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you that you're doing a good work among us, God, and I just ask that you would, uh, yeah, you would just give, just give endurance, God, to, to couples with young kids, Lord. So, God, we just bless you in this season. I thank you for what you've done, God. We can truly say you're faithful, God, through this whole crazy season of the last year and a half, God. We can stand here and say you're faithful, God, and that the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against your church, God, and Come we just on. believe you yes, for it in God. Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, so Lord, we we thank you for all that you're doing in us as a people. And we just as a people say yes. We say yes. We say yes no matter what the cost. We say yes, God. Yes to your ways. Yes to going low. Yes to being nameless and faceless. God, we mean it when we say we are a nameless and faceless church. We say, lead us into the path 
Lead us into the path of humility, God, that we in our flesh do not know humility, but we want to taste and see and be like you. And so, God, we give you permission to lead us into places that we in our flesh don't want to go. We say, Spirit of God, lead us. And we lift up Jordan to you right now, God. We lift him up to you and we just ask for your, for your presence to just come and completely wreck him and Jackie right now, God. Would your presence, would you refresh in him? Would you inspire him, God? Would you, and we just, we thank you, Lord, for the vision that you've placed on his heart that he has released to our community, that we are beginning to embody of being a nameless, faceless people. And so, God, we say yes to all that you want to do. We say yes to stewarding the fire when it looks embarrassing. We say yes to stewarding the secret place at home if it means less sleep. We're done being apathetic in every way, and we respond to your presence and the gift of your presence with us, and we don't take it for granted. You are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You know, well, hey, can we honor just our leadership team? So good.